0: Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're going to be talking about annual furnace maintenance. Let's go. In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house. Electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. Each week, I'm joined by a panel of experts. We pick a tip pick a topic and we discuss it in depth. It's meant to be informative and hopefully bring you some value. I've got Kevin and Richard back with me today. Uh, they're managers over the HVAC service and install departments at any hour services. Um, are you guys watching any shows right now? Like, I don't know, Netflix, do you guys stream shows? Do you, do you get into things like that? Or do you not have time for television?
1: My television consists of like when I'm in bed at night, yep. and I'm unwinding. Yep. So same. I'm watching. But do you
0: have shows that you watch?
1: Yeah, I have a couple. Like the one that my wife and I are watching is uh, Sons of Anarchy.
0: Sons of Anarchy. Okay.
1: So that's one. It's been like. Have you a, seen it
0: before? Or like, is no. this a back? She's through? seen it.
1: We're, we've been going on it for like three years because I'll watch like four episodes and then I'll get bored and I'll be on something different. Got my it. my favorite one now is uh Rush, Rust Valley Restores. It's a car show. Uh, just A couple of guys up in Canada. Okay, so
0: are you streaming these shows, yeah, or are you okay streaming? What what platform are those
1: Netflix? On? Netflix. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Kevin, how about you? Do you watch shows? Yeah,
1: we watch shows. This is totally his wife's making him. Well, that, that's his.
2: So it's it's tricky because you have to find something because I don't go watch TV by myself. Okay, it's, it's, we got to watch it together because we is making limited. <laughs> Limited time right? His
0: wife watches these. you gotta be careful. Let, he, let me, he gets in trouble.
2: <laughs> well let me let me tell you. so it's kind of a a guilty like pleasure. yes, okay. We just finished the second season of Cobra Kai, which is <laughs> which is the karate Kid series. <laughs> yes.
0: I actually just started it with my teenager. he wanted to watch it and I was like, but shouldn't you watch karate kid first he's like we couldn't find it anywhere streaming for free and we didn't want to pay the four bucks to like rent
2: it and so we just started it it so shows it shows enough we're like, like two episodes into it, yeah, it I, yeah i agree it was one of those where i i was like ah, oh, this is gonna be kind of like oh this is better than i thought it would be i mean it's super cheesy <laughs> sure you know what i mean yeah but you know it's all those movies back in the 80s that's how they were of so. course of course yep. okay so uh so cobra kai you
0: just finished that do you have you did you like finish it last night or had, have you started
2: a new, uh, show? We finished it two nights ago, two nights ago. So yep. what have you started since to fill the gap? Uh, nothing, nothing. Yeah. We don't, uh, I'll be honest when it comes to series to watch a series, it's a commitment. Yeah. yeah. Like you really like, cause I don't like to watch one. So if we're going to watch one, we have to like commit and watch it. I don't know. That sounds stupid, but I'm sure you get what I mean. Um, so yeah, no, we haven't don't. haven't found anything I was ready to commit myself to watching. So you've been, okay, well then,
0: what are some things that you've decided to avoid? Because like, I mean, you kind of have to watch like the first five, 10 minutes. Like you go through and you're like, that looks interesting. You start it. And then
2: I usually wait till somebody says, hey, there's a series you should watch. Oh, you should check <laughs> it out. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't scroll through. I don't, you don't scroll. Your wife hmm. doesn't go looking for things Mm-mm. okay well there you go no you, the reason we found Cobra Kai teenage son Got same it. thing seems like he found it and we were like oh hey the karate kid heck yeah let's watch that you know so I wish those karate kid movies would come out on some uh
0: platform so I could go back I really liked the one where he uh he went to Japan and like that's the second one I think it was the second one yeah I think that I think they started going downhill after that yeah anyway I don't know what were we talking about Mr. Miyagi we weren't actually but I did have to look up because I didn't know if he was dead or alive like Mr. Miyagi because I was like really the real real guy yeah Yeah, I was really hoping that well I know now I was going to get to that you just ruined the punchline I didn't mean to uh, like spoil your (laughs) for all those that don't know (laughs) he's gone but no I was hoping (laughs) there was this part of me before I figured out that he was like passed away I I was hoping that there'd be like a cameo like he would like be there or something Anyway, he car. walks
1: in and he's like,
0: starts so rubbing his hands together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, so the podcast—we should probably do that um, real quick,
1: uh, though, before we before we get to the podcast. Oh, I just wanted a second. Rust Valley restores because you don't even have to be in the cars, and that's good. Yeah, it is. And uh, do Mike what you've been watching?
0: What have I been watching? <sighs> well, we just started you the said, Cobra Kai. I yeah, I'm gonna say you started that one. Yeah. Uh, let me think of other things cuz we have a couple of different streaming platforms and honestly like right now i've been i've been working so much i haven't really been able to get into a show but i i'm a big fan of uh, mad men and i've watched it a few oh, times yeah you've
1: t- said that and i've wanted to get into it a-
0: yeah i've watched it a few times and so i'll i'll usually if i can't like commit to watching a show I'll have some like favorites that I'll go back because I also I don't usually end up watching a show until like at night when I'm like getting ready to wind down but then I'm usually like so tired I fall asleep pretty easily mm-hmm. and so I don't usually make it through full oh no we my wife and oh that's what we did because my wife has been watching it more than me but like we, we started Grey's Anatomy uh, so we went back and said
2: <laughs> why are you laughing not, I just thought of something funny that's all just keep going
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we started uh, Grey's Anatomy, and that show has been on the air for so freaking long. And if you – there's there's definitely – like, if you go back to the beginning of it, there was a style that, like, those shows were shot in, and they'd, like, have, like, this music going, and it's just different. And I, I found that I don't love that style at the beginning. Uh, you know, I'm sure it gets better, but – Anyway, so, so that's the one that we're watching together. Because we usually have to have one that we can watch together. And then I will usually have one if she's like off, like visit, hanging out with her friends or talking on the phone or something. I'll have one that I can like do in the background. And I the one that I'm doing on my own right now in the background is actually, it's also Netflix, but it's uh, that one called Away, the one where the the lady oh, yeah, is yeah, going yeah. to mars we or something like that. that you did start it started. oh I, I saw a preview for that one yeah We're two th- episodes in i think i may i think i may be a couple episodes into it but it's one of those where like i'll start it and then like i i never know how long i've gotten till my wife's like ready for bed and then like once she gets in bed she's like just so you know i'm waiting on you and i'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> while she's over there like looking at her phone and stuff i'm like well i'm waiting on you yeah, that's a good <laughs>
1: one <laughs> You satisfied, Austin? Hang on. <laughs> Have you seen... Uh, oh, okay. This, hang on. So on this episode we're, of no, 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 In the House, no, no, we're no, no, just no, going to no. talk about shows. Have you seen the... Kin, the it's called... <laughs> and rides. You may need to edit that. But I don't know. No, it's on Velocity Channel. It's a guy here in Salt Lake. Uh Design. They do... Like, their cars are... <laughs> you're a couple hundred grand for their cars. Wow. Like, they did one that's a million dollars. Wow. They, it's a pretty cool place.
0: Uh, That's cool. Uh, let's see. Should we do the, can we do the show now? We ready? Everybody, no, no objections. I'm ready. I'm sure the listeners are ready for us to actually talking about shows is probably more interesting than talking about (laughs) the stuff we normally normally talk about. Um, let's see. So on episode 35, we talked about, uh, furnace maintenance and the things you need to do to get your furnace ready for winter. And at the end of the show, we talked about, um, you know, that manufacturers recommend, that you have some dealer maintenance done or that you have a technician come out. And so we're gonna talk about that on this episode. Let's start out with this. What's the difference between the stuff that you do yourself and the stuff that a technician would do?
1: Well, a lot of it is more advanced. It's gonna require specialty tools. And then it's gonna require a little more in depth of tearing apart and stuff like that, getting into it. Some some of the stuff is, you know, a homeowner can do, but while we're out there, we're gonna go through from A to Z and make sure it's all working properly.
0: Why is it important to have it done and and do you really have to do it every year
1: you want your car to break down on a road trip no okay that's why it's important you don't want your furnace to break in the w- middle of winter
0: okay but there are people out there that say that like there's and I, it frustrates me when i see these comments on social media like when when i make posts and things and then there's a faction of people out there that are like I was told by a guy that knows what he's talking about, there, you don't do anything. There's no maintenance that you need to do
1: to your furnace or your air conditioner. This is just a load of crap. I read that post this morning. I wanted to, yeah. <laughs> he's happy if his system breaks down in the middle of the busy season. Like, that's what it boils down to. If you want your system to be reliable, you just get it looked at every year. I mean,
2: well, go ahead. I was just going to say there's so many moving parts and so many things that can happen, right? that uh, th- the whole reason that you do this, there's a few things that it affects. It affects your efficiency and it affects safety, right? And then it also affects your comfort, right? Mm-hmm. And so the reason you go get a tune-up is to keep it efficient, keep it safe, keep you comfortable.
1: Here's, a, here's an analogy I use all the time. Do it.
2: I love your analogies.
1: You, you ever driven across town on a low tire? I'm sure I have. Did it get you from point A to point B? Yes. Is it going to be... It's going to get you where you need to go. Yep. Is it good for the tire?
0: Uh, no, no.
1: It's going to cause some different wear and tear, and it's going to wear the tire out, right? It's can't, same thing with the furnace or air conditioner. You can have parts that aren't working properly. Sure, it's cooling to a certain degree, but it's going to cause it to break sooner than later, and it's going to be more damage. And that's what we're trying to avoid. Um,
0: then why why do some people say that there's like, like? Wh- If it's that obvious, because to me it's obvious, you know, any large piece of equipment that you have, if you do the maintenance on it, it's going to help it run better and last longer. Why would someone even lead someone to believe that there's nothing that you need to do except change your filter? He did admit
2: that. He's like, all you gotta do is change your filter. Usually, when you have people that are making those kinds of claims, they just don't know. You know, maybe they're in the industry, maybe what they've done there's different aspects in the hvac world you know maybe he's uh just primarily doing new construction type stuff and he's not into service and all that type of thing i mean you don't know uh could be something like that but it really boils down to just you you don't understand how these things work if mm-hmm. that's what your stance is you don't understand how they work
1: yeah, if you don't get it looked at then don't get it looked at
2: will it will it function from year to year without a tune-up Probably. It'll probably, like like Richard was saying, it'll probably run. It'll probably turn on.
0: I, I relate it whenever I'm explaining this on radio and stuff. I usually will explain it like an oil change. You know, they, the, there's data that shows you should get your oil changed this often, right? And so, you know, if you... So you should get your oil changed every three to 5,000 miles. If you do not get your oil changed, will your car keep running? Yes. Can you skip two oil changes and have it keep running? Yes. Like, the effects between skipping that oil change aren't usually gonna be super noticeable. What you're doing, though, is you're not gonna notice the negative effects usually until the end of the life. You could be shortening the life of that furnace or air conditioner you know, by years by neglecting the maintenance up front. Because you go and you get a new car, man, that thing runs really good. Mm-hmm. You can blow right past a couple of oil changes and it still feels like it's doing good. But you know, it's the difference in the thing lasting? Your furnace or air conditioner lasting 20 years versus 13 years. That's expensive. Yeah. So let, well, let's, let's dive into, let's talk about, um, I mean, we can't speak. Well, I guess actually we do have a story about what, <laughs> what another company did for their, uh, their little maintenance that they did on a furnace. And we'll, we'll go into that later. But um, let's talk about what we do and what someone should expect with that annual furnace. Annual service. We call it a tune-up. Tune-up is just the term that we use to describe the manufacturer's recommended maintenance and inspection items that you should have done uh, annually. So Richard, you you manage our tune-up department because we have a department of how many tune-up guys you have?
1: Uh, I think we have 15 now. We just hired two new technicians. So,
0: so we've got a department that all they do is run tune-ups day in and day out, year-round, obviously in the summer they're running air conditioner tune-ups in the winter they're running furnace tune-ups and then on the shoulder seasons they're doing both type of thing but that is the good thing about uh the this maintenance is that manufacturers don't specify that you have to do it at the beginning middle or end of the season they just say hey get the thing done right and so but let's talk about the tune-up and what's included in it and as you're going through because we have a systemized checklist right yes so as you're going through that i'm just as a Homeowner, or just as being curious, I might stop you and say, why is that important? Or you can elaborate as much as you want. Kevin, if you want to take a nap, you know, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> really. I'm, I'm out.
1: <laughs> I know Kevin well enough. That ain't going to happen. I don't know.
0: I've seen him in some meetings before. Okay, well, now. If he's not talking. If he's not talking and it doesn't pertain to him, it's how I listen. Snoring? Maybe. Actually, Okay, speaking of shows, I'll be laying there and I don't know if I, well, I do know I'm fat, but uh, I don't know if it's just because like I'm breathing different, but like I am wide awake most of the time and my wife will lean over to me and she's like, why are you snoring? Are you falling asleep? I'm like, I'm I'm awake. And so I don't know if like, you know, fat Mike laying down like breathes in a way that sounds like he's snoring, but anyway so i i was gonna say like you're awake snoring but then i was like i'm awake snoring sometimes (laughs) so
2: no judgment i'm I'm glad we have something in common there you go okay (laughs) richard take
1: it away so we have a checklist we're gonna go through and first thing that we're gonna start off we're just gonna check thermostat when i say check thermostat we're gonna make sure all the wiring's tight make sure it's not touching and stuff like that make sure the batteries are good in the thermostat it doesn't say low battery uh, it's level and things like that. Some of the thermostats do matter if they're level. Some don't. But cosmetically, it always looks better when it's level. Okay. So we want to check the thermostat and just make sure it's good to go. No issues there. Missing buttons, stuff like that. So That's one thing that we start off. And the reason we like to start off that is because that's kind of the first thing that happens in a system is your thermostat says, Hey, it's too hot in the house or it's too cold. So we just like start from there. We're going to make sure your furnace or, air, or your furnace because once we're talking about furnaces, we're going to make sure it actually starts up that's a big thing is like, Hey, you know, we're out here, let's make sure it actually starts up. There's not something more involved. Cause like you said, if it's something that's not starting up, we have a tune up department, we have a service department, the de- service department is more dedicated to broken systems that aren't working. You know, that's the one thing that, so we want to make sure it's actually starting up and turning on.
0: Well, there's another important part to starting it up as well also. And that's that in order to test some of the things, doesn't it need to yes. kind of run? Yeah, we'll be running or something.
1: I, I really love the phone calls that hey, we're gonna do a tune up on our furnace. Yet, the gas company hasn't unlocked the gas meter yet. We're, we're not gonna be able to do that tune up. So, uh, that might be something if you're calling for if you moved in the house, make sure your uh, gas is on to your home. <laughs> so, that might be something. Okay. I thought Kevin was gonna say something. I'm sorry, maybe he's just snoring over there. Uh, we talked about last episode, just make sure that there's nothing around the, the furnace. Make sure it's, you know, we're going to check and make sure everything's for you. Make sure the uh, surrounding area is clean for the combustion air and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to go through the ignition system. Make sure it's working properly and it's safe. Uh, in the last episode, we talked about, you know, make sure there's not any explosions or rollouts and the flames burning backwards. We're going to test the igniter at this point. Actually, uh, make sure, yeah. Make sure the igniter's working properly. It's getting to the right temperature. Uh, there's some electrical med- readings that we're going to be testing make sure that that igniter is within the manufacturer's range that's one of those parts that sure it's turning on however it may be at the end of its life and it's showing signs that hey this is going to fail sooner than later so we're gonna test it and make sure that it's within those ranges so that's something okay we want to make sure that there's not any condensation damage from some leaks or some cracked hoses or something like that and it's gonna cause some damage to the furnace control board or anything like that because we don't want to you know we want to catch those problems before they become an issue so we'll check for condensation damage. Here's where we talked about the igniter ohm reading, where you can make sure that that's reading where it's supposed to be. We do get those where it's like, hey, you know, here's the range, it's higher in there, still working. You're, you're, you know, that flat tire, hey, you got a little bit of a flat tire here where it's gonna break. Yeah,
2: it's it's just an indicator that, hey, this is not gonna last much longer.
1: Yeah. You know, because those do. Is there a range? Um-
0: is it a standard range like every no. igniter should be within a range, or is it different per igniter per brand? Like, what what are you?
1: Mostly, it's different brand is going to be your different ones. Lennox has a you know their range. Train has theirs, and then they change models, and then that igniter is going to be. So there's there's a lot of different ranges. And are are
0: those ranges listed on the um, the sticker that's on the board? Is no. that where they check, or do you guys just have to know these things? We have a list of them. At? Yeah, got it. So.
1: We know those. Gotcha. So we just check for that. Um, check for combustion air, make sure those big pipes that you going from the outside, they're bringing that cold air and make sure they're not blocked. We want to make sure it's going to draft going to be burning clean.
0: Is, do, do they do any type of like, um, uh, measuring to make like check what the combustion air should be for that unit and make sure that it's like the combustion air is sized properly for uh, yeah. that. Yeah,
1: they'll double check and make sure, Hey, this is up to code per BTUs on the size of the furnace and water heater in the opening. Yeah. Okay. We'll make sure that that's sized properly. Uh, there's a lot of safety controls on the newer furnaces and the more, more and more higher efficiency, there's more and more sensors, but we're going to make sure those sensors, some of those are for safety features, gas, um, carbon monoxide temperatures. There's a lot of those. We'll make sure those are working properly because those do fail. So if there was a problem with your furnace, sometimes they won't fail. I mean, we go to, we see them sometimes where they've been, uh, we call it jumpered, where they've just been bypassed, and that's a big problem. We're going to make sure those are not Meaning
0: jumpered. somebody went out there, mm-hmm. found that there was a sensor or safety switch not working, and they just bypassed it so that it would continue the mm-hmm. function.
1: Mm-hmm. Rather than fixing the problem, they just said, hey, let's get rid of this safety sensor. Yeah.
0: Okay, so. well, that sounds like a sounds like the same guy that says you don't need to do maintenance yeah
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah. let's just bypass that oh you don't need to replace that i can make it work without it and we've had we've had instances where we've had fires because of it like said, and it's depending on the sensor so don't get caught up on that but let's just make sure we're not jumping sensors they're important they're there for a reason okay all right i lost my number what we're number we at? here we are 10. no no nine nine we're going to measure the transformer it's what call it it just gives you the 24 the low voltage Make sure it's sending the proper voltage to the thermostat and throughout all the sensors. Those can fail. It's not typically the transformers don't typically fail. So we're just going to check and make sure. It could be a loose wire or something like that. We'll check those wirings and stuff like that. The burner assembly, we'll make sure those are nice and clean. Uh, We talked about in the last episode crossovers, making sure the flames are lighting each other properly. If there's any delay, we'll find out why and see. And if there's, you know, dirty and stuff like that, we'll take a look at that.
0: You actually clean those as part of the service, don't you?
1: Yeah. Yep. Now, if it's something we need to really tear it apart completely and, you know, more in depth, we may have the conversation, you know, a little bit of a fee there, depending on what it is. So if it's just something we can get into, yeah. But yeah, either way, those need to be taken care of. Uh, inspect the furnace flame for proper burn. It's just kind of like we said, make sure it's looking good. It's not like a really orange color. Make sure it's burning clean. It's not getting too much air, not enough air, kind of things like that. Make sure it's got a good clean burn. Uh Let's see what's the next. Number 12, flue pipe evaluation. If it's an 80% or 90%, just make sure it's up to code. It's venting or sloped the correct way. It's not sloping backwards and getting carbon dioxide in your home and stuff like that, and draining and stuff, making sure all the joints are tight. There's no leaks and stuff like that. Uh, We're going to test the capacitor. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed one. The flame sensor, that's what we talked about. It has a reading. They're different depending on most of them are within a 2-5 to range, but... There are some different ones. We're going to test it, make sure it's reading within the range. If it's not within that range, we're going to recommend replacing it. So rather than just cleaning it, because we want to make sure, you know, we offer a warranty on it. We want a nice new part. Anytime we're dealing with a sensor, we don't want to try to band-aid it. We want to make sure it's working properly. We do see those get lower than they're supposed to be. And what you'll see on that is a lot of times the flames will turn on for a couple seconds and they'll turn off. And they'll turn on again And when it tries again. That's a good indication that the flame sensor has failed either dirty or another underlying issue. Uh, Let's see, capacitor, that's what kind of gets your blower motor up and going, kind of like a battery for a little, not real too in depth, but those have a range as well. Typically they're plus or minus 6%. If they're below that range, we want to get that because that can cause wear and tear on your blower motor. And that's the last thing we want to do is add extra stress on there. If we do, if you do have a lot of extra stress on a blower, it's going to fail kind of like we talked about earlier hey let's get these problems fixed now it might be a smaller part rather than replacing a blower and that's a big you know operation that's a big chunk of your furnace Hmm. so we're going to make sure that the gas manifold pressure is adjusted properly here in utah with our altitude we need to make that adjustment and that's just a fuel to air ratio making sure that's all adjusted properly
0: so is that a a test that's run to see if it's adjusted properly or are there like uh settings like dip switches or like how, how do you
1: there are furnaces with dip switches some of the higher end stuff or on the like carrier has a you know an adjustment on the thermostat for altitude but it's a it's a meter that's a special meter that we hook up to the gas and it shows us and then the owner's manual tells us where we're supposed to be at with that reading
0: and it's it tells you where you're at per altitude, and yes. then you yeah. adjust open or close to let more or less out? Is that is that essentially what you're doing is letting yeah. more or less gas typically, out?
1: Typically, it's less. Got it. Yeah, we have to back it down is typically what we do. A lot of furnaces come with 3.5. I know that's some numbers that don't really mean a lot. Typically around 3.2 to 2.8, depending mm-hmm. on the furnace manufacturer and the efficiency and stuff like that. So that's the most commonly word green sticker. Gotcha. That's basically what we're doing at that point is – doing a gas adjustment for the green sticker
0: and you do that as part of the um the tune-up the maintenance yep so you do you have to do the green sticker every year or does it get out of whack
1: shouldn't get out of whack no but you just verify that it's
0: when you verify it do you have to like re put a new sticker on certifying that that's when it was last tested or
1: i i tell my guys yes to go ahead and put a new one on Just to make sure that, hey, you know, this was updated and checked and verified. It's more just like when your oil's changed, they throw a little sticker on there, say it's been changed recently. It's not giving you a date the next time it needs, but it says, hey, it has been checked and it is still good. Gotcha. Just more of a reassurance than anything. Okay. Blower motor, we're going to test the voltage there at amps, make sure it's getting the proper amps. And that just kind of gives us an indication. If we have a motor that's failing, it's going to give us a reading of outside of what the manufacturer recommends, a higher or lower. So typically higher. Kevin's
0: over there taking a nap. You haven't let him talk oh.
1: enough. I'm, I thought you, he was going to stop me.
0: Well, maybe try to engage him.
1: Kevin, what do you think of that blower motor amps? Hmm?
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> they, they definitely have amps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the Kevin I know from I, meetings. I thought this
2: was, I thought this was the, the, Richard, the Richard tune-up special.
1: No, 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 no. I told you I was going to fly through this and you're supposed to stop me. Oh, all right. So, I'll stop you. Amps, that can tell us if a furnace blower motor a lot of times. And we can't catch everything. You know, sometimes just parts just break.
0: So you're saying typically it is drawing too many amps? Yes.
1: If it's failing, yeah. We'll see a high amp reading.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're using more electricity than you need to? Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. The blower's working harder to start or run.
0: And there's no no adjustments or... Like, is it drawing more amps than it needs to? We talked about... You know it's um uh, could be overheating from the dust and things, not pulling air into the windings. there could be um you know stuff building up on the the fans or the fins mm-hmm. of the blower wheel. Did those things a- affect its yes, so is there any type of like cleaning that you're doing when you when you find those or is it just like hey buy a new motor
1: no it depends on what it is if we have to tear into the system that's going to be something extra uh, because that's going to be largely involved we have to pull blower motor into the uh, blower wheel not the squirrel cage mike the blower wheel Uh, we're going to make that nice and clean i mean your ductwork could be an issue but we'll do all those testing and we'll get to the ductwork here in a minute but we will do these additional testing to make sure that hey it is indeed the motor or it is something else so we will find that out uh see here what number are we at now kevin 17 he doesn't know i know that's why i'm putting Seven, spot. 17 oh thanks kevin <laughs> the inducer motor we are gonna check the amps there the inducer motor is the exhaust motor so it's just making sure it's working properly we don't want that to fail that'll shut your furnace down okay it'll give us a rating of where it should be and where we're actually at we're gonna make sure all the electrical components all the wire nuts and all the screws and everything are tight if you get a loose electrical connection it can cause your furnace not to operate. We want to make sure to get those nice and tight. That's one of the reasons we test the thermostat. Check those wirings as well. Uh, let's see. Number 19. Is that right? Yeah, there we go. We're going to go through the heat exchanger and we're going to make sure it doesn't have any rust or corrosion or any breaches. That's a that's a one that you get a lot of. That one's a tricky one. We're gonna we're going to pull that in, out, not the heat exchanger, but we're going to get in there, we're going to maybe pull the blower motor, take a visual inspection, go through the coil and stuff like that. We have cameras and stuff like that. Ultimately, what we're finding, we're looking for, is just making sure that it's not a, pro, it's not a danger. Making sure it's safe, yeah. Yeah, like make sure that you're not risking yourself and potentially getting carbon dioxide in your home.
2: The, the tricky thing, you know, you talk about a cracked heat exchanger because that's essentially what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of homeowners have heard that term. Cracked heat exchanger, and usually it's like, oh no, you know, because nobody understands what it is exactly. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you need someone who is trained to come out and take a look at it, um, because there there's a real danger there. You know, um, just because it's cracked, does that mean that it's killing you as you run it? No, but there is just so much potential for harm, and that's why the American Gas Association and uh, all you know the other national gas. Uh, organizations they have said if it's if it's got a crack or a breach, you know that's that's enough. It it's got to be repaired or replaced, right? Can you repair a heat exchanger? Do you it, have to pull it out and weld it? Or no, something? I think
1: what they mean by repair is replace the heat, the exchanger. heat exchanger itself. Oh, gotcha. yep. um, so I, I have seen people try to repair with JB Weld. Oh really? Yeah, yeah it was.
0: Well, I was thinking real weld, but like uh, okay. So let's let's talk about because it is it's one of those things where you never want to uh, a customer never wants to have somebody come out and try and use a scare tactic on them. You, you hear about quote unquote stings, you know uh, you know, and, and trying to get catch HVAC companies like using that as an excuse to try and get them to, uh, you know, replace their system. But we go through um, a lot of steps before we, try and say like before we condemn the heat exchanger essentially, right? Like we have a form, you've got one there behind your tune-up sheet. So like walk, walk me through all of the steps that we go through, like how, how much precaution we take so that we're not trying to, you know, scare somebody in, like, what do we do to verify that that's the case? Like walk me through that whole cracked heat exchanger process, because I think people get worried about somebody coming in and saying, I found a crack. I'm going to, you know, I can't turn your system back on. So walk me through this.
1: Well, one thing that we're doing during this tune-up is we're not looking for a crack. We're not trying. We don't want to find one ultimately, but we want your home safe. That's what we're trying to do. We're going to make sure your furnace is operating properly and it's safe because that's what you want us to do. Well, our process is we're going to check it. We're going to test it. We're going to verify everything. And by doing that, we're going to take some carbon dioxide readings.
0: Okay. Go ahead and finish. And I was going to ask you to like explain to me how you check it. Like okay. I, I want to hear like the, the so process
1: on this form that we have here. You know, it's going to ask we have what's the reading at the furnace? Like are we getting carbon monoxide there at the furnace? You know, and then the next step is are we going to take it at the supply vent? The air coming out of the furnace is there carbon monoxide there? Same with the return. Are we getting any in the return? We're going to take pictures and that's a big one with us. Uh we take a lot of pictures because we like to have you know verification, and we do have some other. We have an app that kind of tells us, hey, here's the picture, here's where it's taken, so you know that it's not taken date and
0: stamp yes. times and all that yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, so it's not, hey, this was taken you know online or anything like that. Once you, know. you get a good picture of a crack, yeah. you use that on every job. Right? Yeah, right. No, we we do get those, and it's really frustrating because we're not trying to take advantage. It's like, hey, here's what it is, but we do have a, an app that we use that, and all those those uh, pictures get emailed to myself. And then, so we have them in the files. So if a customer's like, hey, can I get this picture? We have it, you know, we wanna have documentation. Uh, So there's the pictures. We're gonna just go over with the customer. Hey, here's where the situation we've, you know, come across the cracked heat exchanger. It's unsafe for you and your family. Uh, So,
0: okay, so walk, real quick, walk me back. How are they looking at it? Do they have camera equipment? Are they just like, i've seen some guys pull the blower motor and crawl up into the furnace like how are they inspecting this
1: there's there's different ways however you need to get into there to verify it is what's going to happen now there's different ways you can pull the blower and go from underneath now if it's a high efficient furnace there's going to be a secondary heat exchanger you're not going to be able to inspect but you'll need to inspect the secondary heat exchangers we can pull the heat exchangers on some furnaces which aren't real bad um, there's a couple brands that are real easy to pull. You really? Know, in 15 minutes, you can have them out. Another 10, 15 minutes, they're back in. Huh. Uh, I personally have uninstalled a furnace and reinstalled it in about a half hour total. Wow. Cause it was really a simple, easy install. Uh, we had a verification and I wanted to double check. I wasn't quite sure. We couldn't quite get into there to get a picture. And just to really make sure, because I don't want to say, well, it looks like one, or I'm not sure, we wanted to know. So we uninstalled the furnace, got into it, verified that it was indeed a crack, and then you could see it right there and then we put the furnace back in, gave them the option and let them uh, we replace that furnace. Okay. So but going through the coil, you can go in there. With cameras, cameras are a good thing, depending on that. Some of the cameras aren't as high quality. You want to make sure the ones are like high quality. So it's depending on what way you need to get in there and verify it. Some of the heat exchangers are really close. You can't get a mirror or anything like that. You'll need a camera. Gotcha. So we have all those tools, whatever we need on depending on the furnace. We will so do you that.
0: do you first check uh, the carbon monoxide readings. And then if you are getting readings, then you start looking for what's causing that?
1: No, we're gonna do a carbon monoxide reading regardless, and we're going to do an inspection regardless. Got it. So you can, like Kevin was saying earlier, you know, just because it has a crack or a breach doesn't mean you're getting carbon monoxide in your home. Gotcha. It just means there's a risk. So yeah. it doesn't matter if it is or isn't, we're going to do a full evaluation, a thorough job of making sure it's there.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, crack or no
2: crack the important thing is are you getting carbon monoxide yeah. in the house yeah yeah what are you gonna say well i was just gonna say i mean one of the big things that we talked earlier uh last episode it seems like last episode can you hear me better now yeah sorry okay. you don't have to lean toward you can pull the mic towards you if yeah, you want I, I got this i got this
0: i understand when you're sitting there sleeping you you, you like don't want to be too close and
2: like get i hit the mic it was a late night it was um <laughs> watching cobra Kai. <laughs> cobra kai <laughs> no, that was two nights ago. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> what, did you, what did you say you started? I don't again? even remember. I don't now. either. Okay, just keep um, going. <laughs> so anyway, you know, you've, you have these breaches, and we talked in an earlier episode about um, how easy it is for something to be off, and it can be as simple as lint getting over the Venturi where your air mixture happens to where carbon monoxide can then be created, mm. right? And so if you have a breach and then that's happened, which is a very real scenario, well, now it's getting through. And so it's just the very real potential for stuff to happen. Gotcha. All
0: right. So, so you got this, uh, they, if they find a crack or think they found a crack, they go through the process. How is there any double verification? How, what do we do? So
1: our process is we like to get a second, second view on there. So we like to have one of our supervisors come out and do the same process, get into the furnace, verify that there's a crack with the homeowner, cuz we want to show you where it's at, you know, so you don't just say, "Hey, you know, did you take this picture down the road?" We want you to see it with your own eyes. Um, just to make sure it's there. We do have a second opinion where we come back out with another supervisor and just verify it's there. Gotcha. So we do have that. And we have a form here. We just kind of want to leave it with you and just say, "Hey, here's the information. Here's what American Gas Association says.
0: What are the what are the rules? I've heard people say if I think I see a crack, I shut the fir- I won't turn the furnace back on." Like talk to me, talk me through like the scenarios where that happens or or should that happen? Like what's going on there?
1: If our policy is if we come across a furnace that has a cracked heat exchanger, we just simply turn the power off to the furnace and we won't do anything else to disable your furnace. And if you want to turn it on, that's on you. That's up to you. We don't think it's safe. We would not do it. Uh, Dominion Energy, if they were to come out, on that, and take a look at that. They would actually shut your gas off and tag it as what they call red tag. They would shut your convert furnace down.
0: Now, is it if we find a crack, or is it if we find a crack in conjunction with carbon monoxide measurements?
2: If you find a crack,
0: so right, really. So yeah. if you find a crack and don't even have a reading, you'll yeah. you'll shut the power so off. So
1: the American Gas Association, their book says, any visible crack or hole discovered in this step during the inspection. Is where to, is reason for requiring replacement of the heat exchanger. Mm. So that's where we get into you. You can repair and replace the heat exchanger, and that's a large investment to take. You know, a furnace that could be twenty years old. It could be three years old. Uh, it just depends. I, my, the, I've seen a three-year-old furnace with ginormous holes in the heat exchanger because the gas pressure we talked about earlier was burning way too hot. It literally burned a hole through them. Mm. So, yeah. That's, hey, but can
2: I just throw this out? Yep, yeah. it was functioning right. Yeah, it was functioning. Oh, so so you know, tune up kind of saved some lives, maybe, right? Yeah. Even though it was only three years old. Yeah. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> I think he's re- regarding your earlier Go, going back to your posts. first
2: comment about the guy. Hey, it doesn't need. You don't need to just change your filter. And blah. blah, blah. Oh. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. No this this one was a yeah three year old furnace. Hmm. So just burning too hot. That's one of the reasons. Had they inspected it and done the proper adjustment, it would have never done that.
0: You know, that's another question that we get is like, you know, you you think about, I just got a new car, like you can blow through those oil changes, you know, I don't need to get the maintenance done. People are like, well, I have a new one. Do I really need to get the, the maintenance done on it? How bad can the thing be? And I always say, once you go through, it should be set up properly. So once you go through a season, like you need to get the thing, if it was installed last year or last winter and it went through a winter, you need to have it done right now.
1: You know, I was at a training once that, uh, was kind of off topic but I'm gonna tell a story anyways. Okay. Customer. Well, we don't
0: usually go off topic okay. on the show, Perfect.
1: so this will be a first then. So put on the calendar, be
0: patient <laughs> listeners.
1: <laughs> I was at a training and the, and the trainer was telling a story how every time he went to this customer's house, cause they would go back and do a, a maintenance on it. this out of state. He says, every time he went there, the lady had a new car and he finally asked her, It's like, every time I come here, you have a new car. Like, she's like, I hate getting my oil changed. When I need a new oil change, I just trade the car in. (laughs) You should see Mike's eyes. He is lit up right now. Yeah. She just gets a new car rather than sitting around.
0: would love to have that kind of money.
1: Yeah. Wow. So he said once a year, she'd get a new car. She would not get a oil change. She would just trade it in. Okay. (laughs) When you talk about oil changes and furnaces, Uh, the story comes to Good for
0: her. Yep. Somebody made some choices right to be able to let go. Like we we common folk think that's ridiculous but for her it's like no just just need a new car <laughs> doesn't affect her life at all that'd be except nice except that she gets a new car
1: we do have a double there austin knows
0: how that is i see you roll up all the- i'm just kidding <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why austin has a new vehicle right
0: he's like i don't know the the, the blinker fluid ran low <laughs> Okay. Sorry. Uh, sidetrack where we were. We, okay. So that's what happens with the heat exchanger. Yeah. Okay. Keep going.
1: So we just want to make sure it's safe. Of course, yeah. Regardless, if it's putting carbon monoxide are off or not. If it has a crack, we want to address the issue. Mm, okay. So that's not something we like to do. Um, with one of my technicians comes out and they do say, Hey, you know, we did come across one. You just ask them for the picture. So we're happy to share that with you. Not a problem at all.
0: It happens that you get, they want to get us, the homeowner wants to get a second mm-hmm. opinion and somebody comes out and they're like, you don't have a crack or you, you, you don't have a problem. Like how come there's not a standard like process to inspect the things so that like, again, like I just don't, I don't understand how like you can have a crack
2: and another guy like comes and says, no, there's not. You, you legit could have 10 people look at the same furnace and three of them find the crack and the other seven not. And it really goes back to training. You know, if you, if you're in there and you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know where to look. I mean, each style of heat exchanger has its stress points Hmm. and they're, they're different, you know? And so to know where to look, to know how to get in there and everything else, it really goes back to training. Um, The people that I have found, technicians I've found that say, well, I've been doing this for however many years and I've only ever seen two cracks. You know what I mean? Usually because they just don't know where to look. They don't know how to look. Um, you're you're taking metal, you're heating it and cooling it, and heating it and cooling it, expansion, contraction. These things crack. Now there's a lot of really good engineering that goes into them, right? That uh, that uh, tries to help them last for as long as they can, and that's why it's so important to have the right kind of install so that your airflow is working right, and that the gas is set right, and everything else. It all plays a part into that heat exchanger not cracking. Uh, a lot of warrant or uh, manufacturers will have longer warranties on their heat exchanger based upon whether or not it was installed properly, Hmm. right? You get one where they say, oh, lifetime warranty, based on if it was installed properly, your 25-year, whatever it is, you know? But that's what you run into is people who just, they just haven't had the proper training. Hmm. Not that they're trying to be dishonest or whatever else. They just don't know.
1: I think it also gets to, sometimes it's a lot of work to get in there and inspect these heat exchangers. And someone else may not want to do that and take the time and just kind of give a quick once over and say, no, it's not correct because... They don't like another company, or they want to be the, the nice guy and the good guy, because everyone wants to be the hero, right? And that's what it comes down to sometimes as well. Hmm. So, all right, well, keep going. I was just thinking that that one that I was three years old that had a burn. That was like December of 2016 that I did that one. I remember hmm. it because it was Christmas time and New Year's, and they didn't have one in stock, so we had to wait for like a week for them to get in stock for Christmas time. Wow! So, luckily the guy was really nice.
0: Everything seems to be like waiting on stock right now. Yeah. No kidding.
1: So the heat exchangers, that's our form. That's our process. Okay. Uh, We're just going to make sure it's there. We're going to have documentation because we want to, we don't want you just take our word for it. We're going to be able to, you know, show it to you and say, Hey, you know, it is valid. Here we go. So that's one of the big steps of the furnace tune-up we're going to be doing on the safety inspection as well. Okay. All right. Where are we at, Kevin? What number?
2: 20. Nice.
1: So we talked about that one a little bit. Any cracks or holes visible in the primary or secondary heat exchanger kind of same thing. Just making sure there's not any holes or cracks. It's kind of the same thing there. The secondary one on that one, uh, 21 inspect, make minor adjustments to blower housing if needed. Some of the furnaces need adjustments, uh, toward the screws are set. They didn't get put in properly. Uh, what is
0: the blower housing?
1: It's where the whole blower and the blower wheel attaches to the furnace.
2: Uh, isn't it usually on like a track yeah, yeah. it's the case that holds it all and it does it slides in and out okay
1: some of those tracks so they have like they just have like a couple of them that line it up and sometimes they can get put into where they're not they didn't slide into the last slot mm. but the last two i've seen where they don't get lined up properly and they cause turbulence and then actually bring water back down from the coil mm. so i've seen some rusted up ones because of the turbulence creates some issue gotcha so we're going to make sure that that's input Put in properly. Now you
0: say it's creating turbulence. And when I think of turbulence, I think of like rough air. But when you say turbulence, is it creating rough air or is it just shaking the thing?
1: It's just getting air. It's hit going up and hitting a metal plate oh. and it's coming back oh, down. So it blower. is blower, Yeah. Okay. So it can cause a vibration. Huh? Boom. So we're going to make sure that's adjusted properly. We're going to make sure the blower's also set to the proper speed. So with your, your furnace, it has different speed. Most most blower motors have different speed taps. We're going to make sure that's on the proper speed for you.
0: And uh, if it's not, do you adjust it? Yeah.
1: Hmm? yeah. Those are just a simple little easy thing that would take us real quick. Just knowing what we do. Uh, test for natural gas leaks. That's where I think was it this episode or last episode? We talked about that electronic leak detectors. Le- I know we did on the last, last one. one. Okay. Yeah. So we have uh, electronic meters. We're going to make sure there's no gas leaks. We're going to test all the le- joints there. Make sure in your mechanic room in your home that you don't have gas in your home. Is what is the
0: technical term for that meter? Is it just an electronic gas leak, leak detector? Because I I hear guys call them a sniffer. Yeah, an electronic sniffer. That's the uh, formal name, sniffer. That's the formal kind of like squirrel uh, cages for them. Mm-hmm. You guys in your shorthand,
1: <laughs> <laughs> whatever works. Yeah, I guess uh, sniffer. So we're gonna we're gonna use our sniffer and not our just our nose sniffer. We're gonna use our electronic. Yeah,
0: I think as you say I'm gonna go down there, I'm gonna use my sniffer. Like <laughs> there's a lot of growing
1: up there's a lot of people like, use your sniffer.
2: It's an ESD electronic sniffer device.
1: <laughs> that's what Kevin uses. Okay. Keep going. Uh we're gonna check make sure there's no gas leaks in your home so that's safe. Uh I keep losing my spot here. Twenty three. Uh inspect the gas shutoff and connections for code, different codes. Uh, we're going to make sure that gas valve, the code, the shutoff, they like the ones where you there's different shutoffs. Some are rated for get water, some are rated for gas. We're going to make sure it's the right one, but they also want them where you can turn them by hand. Some of the older ones, you need a wrench to cl- turn it off. So if you ever smelt gas, you can't turn it off real quick. You don't have to track down a wrench. So we want ones that real easy with the hand. So if you ever smell gas, you can real quickly turn it off. Um, so we'll make sure that that's up to code there. This is where we talked about earlier about cleaning the vents. We're going to clean your upper and lower vents. This is what's going to be where your combustion air comes in on your furnace. Make sure that's getting the proper air. It's not blocked off. Are you talking about the louvers on the yes. door? Yep. Got it. So those are going to be cleaned. Make sure, because if, like Kevin was saying, in the laundry room, lint gets built up there and really can narrow those down. It's going to affect your your air intake and the efficiency and the burning and stuff like that. And so it can cause some issues there. Uh, clean upper and lower, lower vents. Oh, that, Sorry. Furnace exterior. We're gonna make sure it's nice and clean. You know, just make it look good as well. Not, you know, your house. We want to take care of it, clean it up a little bit for you. That's something just a little, kind of nicer to have. Uh, let's see. Carbon monoxide. We have uh, electronic sniffers as well. Is so, it the
2: same sniffer or a different one? So the some of the or guys. Or they're different settings. Uh, mine's not a sniffer. Mine's a detector. Oh, oh. Detector.
1: There you go. Um, they do make. So the one I have, it does have two different sensors. So it has one on the back and it has a little hose on it. One does gas, one does carbon monoxide. So I can use the same meter for both, but it is going through two different sensors. And then my screen is split, so I can see gas and carbon oxide. Gotcha. So it's not the same sensor, but it is the same device on ours. Some of my guys have two different ones. Uh, as long as they're listed and rated, we're good with that. Gotcha. Uh, carbon, let's see. 27. Sorry, I keep getting lost. Uh, plug in carbon monoxide alarms. If you have, a, have one, we're actually going to take a look at it. Some of the date codes on there. Carbon monoxide detectors, they do have a date code on there. Seven years is typically their life of them. So if it's older than seven years, we're going to give, you know, suggest replacement. Now, they say
0: that smoke detectors is 10. Uh, so if you have a CO and smoke detector, does that drop the the life of the smoke? De- it would, you'd seven? have to look
1: at the sensor, what it says on the the manufacturer recommends. Hmm. Okay. Uh, there was one, I got called out one night actually on an emergency a couple of years ago where the carbon monoxide detector was going off. And so I ended up pulling the date code on there, pulled out the manual and it literally says once this date code expires, an alarm will go off. Hmm. So it was kind of a different one, but yeah, so that, that was all it was. We searched and no carbon monoxide in the home. It was just the detector was faulting. Gotcha. Uh, filters, we're going to make sure the filter size is properly. We're also going to make sure it's sealing off good. What we see a lot of times is an improper filter size. And it's allowing a lot of dirt and debris bypassing the filter. And it's causing the f- the furnace and the coil to get dirtier than it should be. We want to make sure that it's doing its job. Uh, let's see. Max temp rise. Furnaces are rated to add so much heat. Does that make sense? So if like your house is 70 degrees, they may be... Uh, 60 degrees rise or something like that so we mm-hmm. want to make sure if it's over that your furnace is overheating and that's where kevin talks about you know it can cause damage to the heat exchanger add extra wear and tear on there it means it's not working like it should and there's a problem
0: is that is that similar to like uh the temperature split like how are you measuring yes
1: that? yep temperature what's the incoming and what's the outgoing? so you do
0: from the return and the supply yep. side and mm-hmm. now on the on the air conditioner, it was 18 to 22 degrees. What? What's the measure for furnace?
1: They're difference, your C40 depends, 60. Yeah,
2: depends on your model. Depends on the. That will the be brand. on the name plate. That's on the name yes. plate. Okay.
1: Good to yeah, know. So we'll see that. Max temporize is what it says, minimum temporize. Okay. You'll see that on there. Uh, inspect humidifier for operation. If you have a humidifier, we're going to double check, make sure it's ready to go for the winter. Check your pad, check the voltage, make sure the water's on, make sure it's wired properly. Uh, test it, turn it on, make sure the drain's clear, things like that.
0: So when you, because this is something that came up, I think it came up in the last episode with humidifiers, is that I always thought you had to go and uh, turn the humidistat off and on uh, for the season. But you were saying that if it's wired up properly, um, when it's in air conditioner mode, it cuts voltage to the humidifier. So it should not be adding humidity anyway. And you're saying that your guys go through and they test to make sure that that is wired up properly. Yes. Cool.
1: Yep. They'll make sure it's wired the way it should be. Make sure that also goes along lines of we're tightening all the wires. Hmm. They'll make sure it's checked. It's wired properly and they're not loose connections and they'll start it up for you. Awesome. So if they got a bypass damper, and you need to open or close. We'll go ahead and open it or close it or open it during the winter time. And then summertime, we'll go ahead and close it for you. So you don't have to worry about that. Gotcha. Uh, check for ducting. Check ducting for obvious air leaks. We're just gonna make sure you're not losing a lot of air. If there is, we'll go ahead and take some joints.
0: Now this is a visual, right? You don't do a pressure test no. or anything.
1: Yeah, just a visual. We can only get to so much ductwork in the mechanic room with like the basement's finished, so we're not gonna do like a whole house if we can't. But if we can, we're happy to do that. Cool. Make sure it's it's uh, sealed up. Earlier we talked talking about the blower motor with the amp draws. Ductwork can ach- affect that if your ductwork is too small for the blower this will tell us if it is. And that's just a pressure reading inside the ductwork. We have little meters that we put inside there, a special meter, and it'll tell us where you're at. If you're too high, too low, not going to be too low. That just doesn't happen. So too high is what we see a lot of times. And that's going to cause some problems. Uh, On the high efficient furnaces, we're going to flush the drain. That's going to be just a lot of time in the summer. You get a bunch of dirt and debris and dust build up in the exhaust pipes. And when it turns on for the first time of the year, all that dirt kind of slopes back towards the furnace. It can plug the drain lines. We want to flush that out for you. And then if you have a condensation pump, what that is, it's a little pump on the side of the furnace. If you don't have a drain down your furnace, like for a high efficient, it'll pump the water outside. We'll test that and make sure it's working properly.
0: Gotcha. Um, so
1: when you go through
0: these things, um, what do they do? Once what's the technician do? Once he's gone through all of these steps,
1: they'll take notes. And if there's anything outside of the manufacturer's recommendations, we're gonna sit down and just go over and say, hey, you know, these are some potential problems with the furnace. You know, before they break, we wanna take care of them now and we'll give you some pricing at that point.
0: Gotcha. Um, Kevin, you were, you were actually telling a story, uh, you know, something that happened to Dustin uh, recently. Uh, t- tell me that story again, because I think it applies since we're talking about this,
2: these annual services. Do you know um, what I'm talking about? No, I'm not sure. Are you talking about the him having those people come out to his house? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? A, unless you know another more relevant like, no experience. No, it's it's uh, it's quite uh, it's quite relevant. So he had uh, a company come out um, just to see how they did things, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially, what they did, they they came in holding a screwdriver and some wet wipes in their hand. And uh, essentially, they opened it up, wiped things out, and used a vacuum, I believe, and uh, just vacuumed really quick what they could get. And that was the extent of their of their tune up. Hmm. They didn't have any technical equipment. They didn't have any anything else. Um, and uh, they they did that on a few of his furnaces. He's got a couple of furnaces, you know. Went through and did it on all of them. And at the end, that was it. They said, "Okay, we're done. Goodbye." <laughs> Didn't give them any, any like indication of the condition of the furnaces. Didn't nothing. No, it was, it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of surprising.
1: Did they leave a copy of the report or anything? There was no report.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: So if you are having one of these annual maintenances done, I mean, one of the things that people, I hear people talk about is like, well, how much are you actually doing? And, you know, aside from some cleaning, some adjusting, you know, different things like that. One of the biggest reasons to have the tune up done is, is for that peace of mind, that safety, you're, you're testing the, how things are going. And you're trying to get an early warning sign so that things don't break down prematurely. And so that it is, you know, burning the gas properly and things like that. And so a big, function of having this done is for you to understand and know the condition of your system. And so getting some type of progress report or report card uh, on the condition of your system, you need to have that information so that you can make decisions at that point of what you wanna do to either you know, help it run better or just let it keep going the way that it is. Um, how long does this take? Uh, to go through and do this uh, this service?
1: Uh, you're probably about an hour and a half, two hours. Really? Yeah. It depends on how hard it is to pull the blower motor and inspect the heat exchanger. That's probably the biggest unknown variable because some of them are really tricky. Gotcha. That's going to be the, the biggest unknown. Gotcha. Well, um, any, any last
0: thoughts on these tune-ups or these annual maintenances do you do you do them yourself at your house
1: yes yes okay
2: but believe it or not
1: (laughs) mine's already done i've already gone through mine I'm, i'm ready i don't like the cold i don't want mine breaking
0: yeah well uh i don't usually do this on the podcast but if you live in utah and you are in our service area so from you know, North Ogden down to Nephi to Willa over to park city and your homeowner and you're listening and you want to have this service done, this thing where we go through the system, top to bottom, check all the vital components, make sure everything's running safely, where we document all of our findings and, you know, educate you on the condition of your system and what your options are. If you want it to perform better, this the service that takes two hours to go through and do. Normally we charge $99 to do this service. It's well worth it at that. Uh, But if you are listening to the podcast, if you call into our office and you mention the podcast, you don't have to tell us what show you're watching. Just mention the podcast and say that you want to, you know, have your furnace tuned up. We'll actually uh, give you a podcast special, 70 bucks off, Instead of paying $99, we'll do it for $29. bucks. we will come out. We'll do and Even though it's a discounted tune-up, you're not getting a discounted tune-up. It's the full-blown, you know, come out there and make sure everything is, is working properly. And we'll leave you with a written report so that you know it, the condition of it.
1: Yeah, it'll be emailed. And to email it? Yeah. Uh, the, it'll be just emailed. <sighs> oh, just emailed. Yeah, just emailed. We've moved over to, what is it? Paperless? paperless yes. Woo. So if you don't have an email... Just ask my technician and we will mail you a copy if you don't have an email. Nice emails. Speaking of emails, no, I'm just
0: kidding. That's the show. <laughs> Any last thoughts? Oh,
1: thanks, for me. All right. It. Well, yeah. we'll
0: be back next Tuesday with a new episode of In the House. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. See ya.